still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gable and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, happy belated Valentine's Day. How are you? I'm very good, thanks, mate. Yeah, very good. You? Yeah, I'm well. And I think, you know, we're looking for a top performance from you this week because for weeks I've been imploring our listeners to share the podcast as a Valentine's Day gift for their loved ones. This is the first episode since then, so expecting sky-high numbers of, of, of maybe into double double figures for, for this episode. So, yeah, best best behaviour from you, please, mate. Well, gee, I've, I'm afraid to say I've been unfaithful in the week from, from, from a podcast point of view. Um, as, as, as you know, made an appearance on a, on a rival podcast a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's how you choose to spend your Valentine's Day, was with... Um, new friend of the podcast it's gone from 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 yeah villain to friend in in three in th- you know in a, in a week uh Lawrence Delalio he didn't want me on the show funnily enough yeah I think um well I think I made the executive decision that you and him probably shouldn't be in a in a room let alone a zoom, a zoom room together um <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how was the, the the romantic meeting with with Lawrence yesterday it was yeah, it was it was okay. I mean, I say rival podcast. It was a slightly different setup. You know, there was a, there was an actual running order. There was a, a producer, <laughs> and um, it wasn't done in a in a in a single take like like ours were. But it was no, it was it, it, it was all right. It was um, always always we always like a, an opportunity to to plug the podcast, um, pun intended. And uh, it was no, it was good. So it was Lawrence Delalio, myself, Thomas Castagnier, which was which was quite cool. And then a guy from a journalist from from the Evening Standard. So it's yeah, it's a new podcast that he he hosts, mainly kind of mainly kind of Six Nations stuff to be honest, and a and a bit of club stuff. But so, yeah. it was good. But it was good. But don't worry, G. I'm 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 I'm, I'm faithful to this podcast in in the long term. Yeah, the London Pride podcast, I think it's called. So check out Tom's appearance on there. Um, and Tom, I think if you get producers and you get Thomas Castagnier on a regular basis, you get sponsors and you may even get free London Pride. So that's, I think, what, what kind of we should be get, taking away from this is that if we want to kind of be getting some free London Pride, then, then maybe we need to get a producer well, to get this being a bit more professional operation. Yeah, and if there's London, anyone from London Pride is listening to this, we are very, very happy to, um, to, to, to drink some free beer. I mean, yeah, if there's anyone listening to this that has um, either knows a producer or a sponsor, then um, make our lives easier and get in touch with us. But um, yeah, some certainly some London pride wouldn't go amiss. Um, a win for Bath, Tom, wouldn't go amiss. But unfortunately, another defeat on the weekend for Bath against Lawrence's Wasps. Um, we're going to talk all about that game. I think we're going to talk about it in the same sort of format that we did last week. So if you did listen to last week's um, breakdown of the defeat at the Stonex to Saracens. We kind of took out five key points from that game as a takeaway because once again, with it not being on BT Sport and with being a Six Nations Saturday, I can imagine there are a number of our listeners who weren't able to watch the game live. So we're saving them the arduous task, which we've just gone through, of watching the game back. How does that sound? <laughs> 
Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. And then, of course, Tom, we're going to touch on the contract news for two of Bath's brightest stars, which broke today. Talk all about the the coin for the boys, well-deserved money into into um, into those lads' lives, and then look ahead to the visit of Leicester Tigers at the Wreck on Saturday. But let's get into it, Tom. The game. Before we do, actually, I will just say, please do subscribe on Twitter at Bath Rugby Plug or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to the podcast. Once again, I assume it's available wherever you get your podcasts. So please do hit subscribe there and give us a review and get in touch with us on socials. Email as well. You know, if you're not, if you're not on Twitter, we, we do, we do, we do check our emails every so often. Um, we every, even, even more uh, will respond, but we do always appreciate the messages and we try and, we'll try and pepper them into the podcast. But yeah, we are, is it Bath Rugby Plug at gmail.com? I think. I think you're when you use we, I think that's kind of the royal we from your point of view. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get in touch however, however you want. Yeah, and we really do, of course, as bring this up now, we really do appreciate you sticking by us, the, the listening numbers ever growing, all joking aside. And we really do appreciate you guys sticking by us in, in what has been an increasingly difficult season for Bath. But hopefully for the podcast, we've been able to bring you guys some enjoyment in, in what has been an exceptionally tough year. Yeah, before we get into the game, we maybe should just um highlight a couple of the guys that that came back from from injury so toby falatau was kind of the, the 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 big headline from a from a selection point of view he came straight into the number six shirt to to partner nathan hughes and jacka cooks here so three number eights instead of two on this occasion in the in that back row and it's his first game in in seven months so he good good to kind of see him him getting back for bath because i mean i, I at, at times this season, it's felt like, is are we going to see him again in a bath shirt? Also, Orlando Bailey back after my rant last week. It was only a minor hamstring hamstring injury he suffered with England. And Tom de Glanville, who who snuck into the the, the twenty three shirt and ultimately played played a bit of a role in the game to, to, towards the end of the game. But great to see great to see him back back from injury. Yeah, I think moving on into the game, Tom. I think whilst last week it really wasn't an even game against Saracens, I thought this week it really was an even game. I thought up until the last 10, 15 minutes, which, which we will definitely come on to and, and, and break down, I thought it looked like two sides who were probably closer in the league than, than they are. Um, and I think it does show that Bath have improved slightly, I think, recently. And I think compared to maybe... Compared to the top teams in the league and compared to the top teams in Europe, we're nowhere close. But I think compared to the kind of middle of the pack of the Premiership, so Newcastle, Sale, Northampton, I I would put Wasps in that despite their recent run of good form. I I don't think we are too far away at this point. Um, And I think we have improved slightly since the turn of the year. I I think so. And, you know, I mean, you said... Wasps kind of mid table. I mean, they they are they are sitting in fifth. Obviously, they've had some results go their way it, it, it late on in in games, as you say. But I mean, they're you know they're they're eight wins from fifteen, forty two points in fifth place. Only Gloucester Saracens and and Leicester with more wins this season. So they're having they're having a a, a pretty decent season. And I'm I'm really torn on this game because so many times this season we've come on and it's been forty points to three, like it was last week, or even more, sixty four points. 71 points even on on a couple of occasions. And it's kind of, where do we start? We weren't even close. We were never in the game. There's so much that was wrong with it. And obviously it's 
it's really positive that we are improving and that we're getting closer to 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 these sides and, and closer in these games. But equally, when it feels like the result could have been there if a couple of things had gone our way and we could have shaved it, what's the loss at the weekend? So we could have got closer to them as well. It is it is really it, it is really frustrating. It does kind of leave a bit of an a bit a bit of an empty feeling because as you say, up until 68 minutes, it was a very, very close game. And you don't see many games that a side is leaving with 12 minutes, leading with 12 minutes to go and go on to concede four tries right at the end and it get taken away from you that quickly. So it was, um, it was, it was, it was pretty brutal, but, but also some encouraging signs and, and we definitely are improving. I agree with you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we, we are improving, but I think despite that, there are some, some key areas of the game, Tom, moving on to kind of the second key takeaway from me for this game that, that we're still miles away from these guys and, and that ultimately means that that we are bottom of the table and Wasps are fifth and, and despite improvements in some areas I'm just not seeing an improvement in the, the line out and I'm not seeing an improvement in the mall and particularly the mall defence which was just so weak again on Saturday against Wasps and I think it really highlighted against Wasps that we just haven't replaced Elliot Stook and Elliot Stook obviously starting for Wasps I think had to lead the club contract up issues with the the drink driving I think for both parties it was deemed that a, a kind of separation was necessary but we've been promised the lock pretty much all season now and it's just never materialized and what it means is that we're playing McNally and Ewan Richards a young at this point lightweight back row in the lock and we've kind of got four back rows out there and that just means that at more time we just weren't at the races and, and that was where they got a lot of their joy, particularly in that first 70 minutes of the game. Yeah, you know, you're spot on. One of the reasons we've so so much and we've we've looked overpowered at set piece time and, and just out a lot of the time is because those those we are really light at second row. I mean, the amount of work that Josh McNally and Charlie Yules in particular have had to put in this season, the amount of game time that they've that they that they've had to play. Um, you know, with Will Spencer having had um, it's quite quite a significant amount of time injured, it's meant that Mike Williams has has had to step in as well. You know, we've seen you and Richards in the second row. We've had guys step in. Tom Ellis has done a little bit of second row as well. And and you, you contrast that to Elliot Stook, a guy who is is for Wasps has I think I saw an interview that he he's the only Wasps player to feature in every single one of their Prem games so far this season. So he's really turned out for them. I saw some some of the Wasps fans on social media saying he's one of the best signings they've had in in the last couple of seasons in terms of a, a surprise package. And it's I, I think you know a lot of talk about Zach Mercer in particular in terms of guys that we we've missed and we've let go. I think he's a guy that's 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 gone under the radar. He always had a, a huge workload. I thought he was always a bit of a leader as well. When when the chips were down, he would he would step up. And obviously, given what happened. I think a fresh start for him and for the club was was necessary. But I, I completely agree with you. His performance, his his try in the corner as well, which hurt a little bit, and the fact that he's been such a good a good signing for for for, for Bath is yes, it's, it's it's pretty tough to take. And mm. as you say, as a replacement second row, as much as we've been promised it, hasn't hasn't yet been forthcoming. Yeah, and it really highlights the 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 poor squad management that went on over, over the summer, you know, this is, this is a, a clear issue. And if they come to the decision that Elliot Stuke can't be 
remain at the club. They need to find a replacement quicker than than what we've got to at this point. So, yeah, it's massively frustrating. And 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 you look at someone like Josh McNally, who who I think's taken a step back this season actually. And I think you know part of that has to come down to the amount of work he's having to put yeah. in. And he, he oh, yeah. just he just looks knackered. And he's putting in eighty minutes almost every week, every week, every week. And he's a big he's a big guy coming from the championship. This is not sort of the workload that he'll be used to, but it's just poor he's, from, you know, he's, from Hooper and from the management because this is an area that you can't go into a season with three locks when one of them's going to be off, you know, bizarrely, but one of them's going to be off with England for a lot of the, a lot of the time. So. Yeah, it's annoying and, and just not having that replacement despite being told early in the season that we were going to get it is is just not really good enough. And it's the same old story as well, a Bath player that that, that leaves and then goes to, to push not, on and goes to, on fair, to greater things. To be fair, Tom, I, I don't think Stuke had a fantastic game on Saturday and I'm not sure kind of Stuke's necessarily the, be- the best lock that we've ever had, but I just think him leaving and not replacing him highlights that point but I think he's pushed on you know to, to go to go to a club and to start every and to play every single game in the premiership mm. Wasps fans you know I've Wasps fan account that I was looking at a minute ago was saying that he's you know been been the bit what was the quote he's been the best signing in recent years so yeah it's it's it's, it's just difficult if we'd had a if we'd had a replacement come in and 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 he'd been great then I think we wouldn't be having this conversation but um I think fair play to him. I'm glad that he's he's mm. gone on and is 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 playing well. It was an interesting comment. Maybe maybe not one we want to get into in any depth, but there was a comment on one of one of the posts, a question for us that maybe I'll put to you. Mm. And it's sort of why do we see these? I mean, the, why do we see quite a large number of Bath players that they leave Bath and that they they kind of go on to, to push on? And I think clubs get them. They don't quite realise what the sorts of players that they've got. I mean, Elliot Stoop being one example. The other, the other guy this season who's gone on now captaining the champions, Quinns, is, is is Jack Walker. And whilst he didn't have his best game against Bath by any means, again, if you speak, if you look, if you speak to the fans, if you hear what the coaches are saying about him, they can't believe what a what a good signing he is. It was the same with Ollie Woodburn. There's you know there's countless occasions I think of players that have, have pushed on when they've when they've left Bath. Why, why do you think that is? I, th- I think potentially we are going through a season now where we're struggling so much that we are looking at players that we've lost and maybe looking at them through through a different lens than we viewed them when they were at Bath. You can't tell me that, that Jack Walker was a player that, that you massively wanted to keep around. And, and I, I don't think you can sit here and tell me all the rugby you've watched that he's having a superb season for Quinns I think yeah maybe he'd add something for Bath this season because we've really struggled in that area but I'm not sure that was kind of a massive a massive loss and I don't think long term it, it, will, it will prove to be a massive loss I think each individual example is kind of different I think when you look back to, to some of the guys when it was a couple of years ago and you look at Tavoto and Woodburn that was when Bath were playing at their absolute peak and those guys couldn't get in the side despite being really promising talents and I think they were a victim of a really strong bar team and I think almost kind of in the opposite way these guys are the victim of leaving a really going leaving what was to become a really poor Bath team and Bath fans starting to view that view that in a in a different light. I think players move around and and, and often you'll see players come come to Bath and and, mass, and 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 improve. And I think likewise you'll see players leave Bath and you kind of think, well, we didn't really hear mm. much from them. So yeah, I think 
I think fans that are from a team that are, are starting to struggle will always look at ex-players doing well at other clubs and, and, and think that, that they're better than what they were at that club, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you one thing that, that hasn't been improving, just to just to move it on a little bit. And you, you mentioned it, but the line-out for me is something that I've, I've got written down here and I've underlined it on, on a few occasions. I thought, I thought it was just terrible against against Wasps it, it really it really let us down it was the difference in in many ways in that in that first 65 minutes you know even that first try that those that have watched the, the highlights of the game will have seen in the second minute just an overthrow on our own five meter line to the Wasp player they spin it out and it's a it's 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 a you know it's a simple try and I think that that kind of set the tone you know we had a couple another couple of turnovers at the line out in that in that first half a really frustrating not straight line out in the in the Quinns 22 after Ben Spencer had hit a, hit a monstrous 50-22. And we know how, how dangerous that, that, that can be for, you know, that 50-22s are in terms, of, in terms of scoring. So I thought that was poor when we had the ball. And as you say, the more defence was, was basically non-existent for the Allo try in the, you know, in, in the first half. It was, it, was, it, was just, it was just all too easy. And I, you've, you've just got to question what, they're doing in that in that lineup. They don't they don't look like they know how to defend it at all. And then when we're throwing in, again, it's just it, they look out of ideas. The the moves, the, the the you know the jumping pods look easy to predict. They're not throwing it straight. They're overthrowing it, and it's it's pretty how fundamental. Much, and it's 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 letting us down again. How much can you put that down to having the jumpers being you Richards? A key jumper not played a lot as a key jumper, and then Kutsir and Falatau having played almost no rugby this year. I think, yeah, I, th- I think that's a big part of it. Obviously, it's all about it's all about timing. You've got you know you've got three moving parts. You've got the the throw, you've got the lifters, and you've got the jumper. I thought it was interesting how they used Toby Falatau quite a lot in the in the lineup. Mm. Obviously, they were down on on options because with Kutsir and Nathan Hughes. <laughs> you don't really want to be throwing those guys up in the air, and then you and Richards again, a back rower who probably relatively inexperienced um, jumping at, at that kind of level. So they use Falatau a lot, but I think I think. Um, no, so I've, not got, I've got uh, just a picture of them trying to lift Nathan Hughes in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I think, I think that would be, that would be pretty, pretty difficult. Morozov might be able to get him up, but it would get him yeah. up his own mate. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think it's got to be a combination of it, but I, I do think on on this occasion the toys throwing was poor. I mean, the, the overthrow it was miles over the top. I think even if they'd got a full lift, that would have gone over the top of of Toby Falatel there. And then the not straight. I mean, there's there's no real excuses from that for a hooker. So I don't think he had his had his best day with the ball in the hand. And you know, gee, the frustrating thing is when we did get the lineup right, it looked so dangerous for that for that first try. You know, Toby Falatel off 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 the top off the top off, off the back of the line out into Nathan Hughes's, Hughes's hands, who's able to get around the back and get into kind of the guts of the the wasps midfield, makes loads and loads of ground with his with his carry, and then a lovely little ball from from Max Ajomo out to out to Tom Pretty. So when it does work, it can be really effective. We've seen in the past how effective the mall can be as well, but we just can't get the basics right. Mm. Yeah, I think the scrum was a, a, a real big issue, but despite, not sorry, the scrum, the line-out was a real big issue. Um, 
but despite that, we 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 remained in in the game right up until the the sixty seventh minute, Tom, and that was despite uh, a red card to Samesa Rokodaguni in the first tackle of the second half for um, uh, a high a high shot, shoulder to head on Sam Spink, the uh, the Wasps number thirteen. No complaints for that one, I assume. Nope. Yep, that needs to be improved by Rokodaguni, and then. You know, as I say, despite that, we, we remain massively in the game. And I, I don't know why, but I've got, in my mind, I've kind of got the, um, you know, that drinking game where you put a glass in the middle of a kind of another glass and everyone pours a little bit into the, the glass that's floating. And it kind of just stays afloat, just stays afloat, just stays afloat. <laughs> and then suddenly someone just puts a little bit more in and it completely sinks to the bottom. And that moment was just when Tom de Glanville got his yellow card on 67 minutes. Um, that was kind of the key point when the balance of power just completely switched. Bath became so, so open um, and Wasps scored almost immediately after that, scored from the resulting kickoff and ended up scoring 17 points in that 10-minute period and then another seven points, so 24 points in the last 13 minutes as, as Bath capitulated and Wasps ran away with it. Brutal. We 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 completely capitulated, as as you say. Straw that broke the camel's back. The, you know the final Jenga piece. Your your drinking <laughs> analogy, whatever 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 you want to call it. It was. I thought the way we galvanised after Rocco Daguni's red card was really good. We obviously, got ourselves back in the game, got ourselves ahead with a try, and then I said to you before the podcast, G. I thought when when Tom de Glanville got his yellow card, obviously we're then we're then missing two of our three back three player so a fullback and a, and a wing and straight away after that happened they brought on Max Clark but they brought him on for Jonathan Joseph and I thought that was a that was a bit of a a bit of a strange decision and you know we were debating whether this in the is in the rules and if you if you uh, you know if you if you if you if you, if you know if you, if you know that it is against the rules then then let us know but if I'd have been Neil Hatley Stuart Hooper in that situation I would have brought on Max Clark for one of the forwards so that we weren't playing in the situation where we had eight forwards on the pitch and only five backs because the result was, as you say, it just meant we were really exposed. It meant that it looked like they had a two or three man overlap and about an acre of space on each, on each wing. And they had a couple of, a couple of those four tries just with breaks down the wing. And then it was, it was kind of all too easy for them, for them to get in behind us. So maybe it's me misreading the rules or not knowing the rules properly, but I, if that's, if that is allowed, I thought that was the, I thought it was strange to bring on Max Clark for Jonathan Joseph rather than a Nathan Hughes or a or a Yakukutsir in the back row. Yeah, we were just extremely, extremely open, weren't we? And and that combined with the a tiring pack of Nally mm. and Hughes still on there, that just was a recipe for disaster. And Wasps backs, particularly a dog woo, just became so much more so much more potent. And yeah, we 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 did um we did massively, massively capitulate. I think it's the only word for it. Just sink in that last 10 minutes. But Tom, do you think maybe despite going down to 13 men and despite tiring, we could have done a little bit more in that last 10 and maybe you know, being 17, 20, 24-17 up and not to get anything from the game, do you think maybe we could have kept it tight and then when de Glanville came back on, tried to kind of get a... a a score at the end to to get us at least a point or two points. I'm sure when they they look back at it, or they, they will have done so on on in the Monday review, they'll look back at the individual tries and think you know that maybe the Joe Simpson tackle on 
a dog route should have been made or you know the more defense should have been better for that for that last that last try but to me they had the kind of look of of being quite shell-shocked about them you know they put so much into that hour and a bit they'd managed to get ahead they were potentially on for what would have been a, a great result away to wasp to a who are fifth in the table as you say and just like that we were down to 13 and a dog who had scored twice almost within two minutes and and just like that the kind of game was away from us and all the effort we'd we'd put in was for for nothing so there were probably individual errors that contributed to it but I think as a as a team we were just we just looked a bit bit shocked that it'd just been taken away from us so quickly yeah I do think it was poor though. I do think it was still poor and the circumstances dictate a lot of that. But I still think that that it, it wasn't great in that last 13 minutes. It just got away from us far too easily. And I think the reason being is twofold in my mind. I think firstly, they looked like they were just leaderless and a little bit rudderless. And I think Spencer going off in that period was 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 really important because they just lacked his control and, and his experience to try and get something from that game. And I think the second point, and I think it's something, you know, listening back to the Max Adroma interview, I thought it was fascinating that he referenced this. He kind of said that he was he's been told and he the kind of there is this idea that winning losing can become even more contagious I think was the word he used than winning and that absolutely looked like a side that was used to losing and a side that was used to winning in wasps and winning late as they have done recently and that is a massive factor for me and I think that a Glanville thing is huge but I think also a better side might have stuck in that kept it tight and then nicked something at the end Maybe, Saracens, maybe. Saracens I mean, aren't, aren't getting blown away when they go down to 13. And I know no, maybe, maybe not. We're, I know we're, we're a long way away from them. Equally, Quinns were, you know, Quinns were able to find a way to win and got into that winning habit, whatever you want to call it, found the finding ways to win late. And we were able to, we were able to, to stick in that game and, and, and get the job done in that, that victory a couple of weeks ago. So, I don't know. I, I feel for them because it must be really disheartening when you, we have a, a decent 65 minutes, you're leading Wasps by seven points. Everyone had kind of written you off, including us for, before the game. Oh. And then for it, for it to be kind of, for it, for it to be taken away from, I think would have been, will have been really disheartening. And I think despite the scoreline getting quite ugly and despite us being not at the races in that last 15 minutes, I'd probably pretend to take, I'd probably prefer, sorry, to take the positives from what was a good, a good 65 minutes and then a very abject 15 yeah, I think certainly a few positives to take, Tom. And before we touch on a few of those, have you got anything else negative to get out of the way from from this game? One more quick thing to get off my chest, and it's, it's, it's the same as the Saracens game, really. Just our real discipline let us down once again, especially at the the set piece and breakdown. You know, we've, we've mentioned set piece a little bit, but 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 Wasps are the top team in the league in terms of turnover statistics. And then we've, as we've mentioned before, when you, when you field a team with three number eights and, and, and no real, real jacklers, Miles Reed or Sam Underhill, for example, it's always going to be hard to, <clears throat> excuse me, it's always going to be hard to compete in, in that area. And, you know, 17 penalties and 16 turnovers conceded in that game isn't good enough. And, and you, can't, you can't stay in the game and build any kind of pressure with, with stats like that. But anyway, that, that's enough. That's enough on all that for me. Season averages, roughly though? Probably slightly, slightly above, yeah. Still, 17 pens. Shite, isn't it? 
Right, let's move on to a couple of the positives to take from the the soulless Rico. And before we get into the nice transition I want to do, Tom, between the positives into the new signings, is there anything, anyone else or anything else you want to touch on that went well on Saturday? Well, I think we've, we've got to mention. Well, I think we've got to mention your boy um, Nathan Hughes, haven't we? Mm-hmm. He, he he again had a pretty solid game. Stepped up against his his old club, obviously carried carried pretty hard. I think was 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 on hand from kickoffs as well to charge it back at the opposition. And I mean, for those who haven't seen it, the the third try, the Ben Spencer try, the break that he he made from from the base of the from the base of the ruck, and then the the little grubber through, perfect on a on a sixpence to, to Ben Spencer was was pretty pretty tasty G. So another another handy game from from Nathan Hughes. And I know that it's you you've not come around to the idea yet and I don't think I'm I'm sold yet. But looking at social media, there's a growing number of people who'd like to see him him stay at the club for, for next season. Bad idea. It's a bit bad idea. And he had, good, he had another good another good game. He had a decent game. He had a decent game that, that bit <laughs> oh, he's coming He's coming round, isn't he, now? That, that, wow. bit of, that bit of skill was lovely, but the point that I've stuck by and will stick by, no matter how well Hughes plays, is that... <laughs> I'm sorry, but he's not the long-term eight, and he's taking minutes away from the person who we're developing into being the long-term eight in Merrigan. So I just still think it's the wrong thing to be playing him, still think it was the wrong thing to sign him, and I definitely think it'd be the wrong thing to sign him long-term. I think the worm, I think the worm is turning. The worm is gr- very gradually turning. You're not a man who likes to change your, your opinion too easily, but I think, I think you are, you're, you're, you're the worm... The, the little worm over there on the Zoom call is starting to turn. <laughs> Mate, you've been spending too much time with Lawrence Delalio. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, definitely who we want to pick out from from this game. And then, yeah, the Hughes moment was, was, was a lovely touch. But I think for me, the moment of the match, the highlight from a Bath perspective was the, the Falatau try created by Max Ajoma. Um, goes on the outside, skins Paolo Adoglu, Paolo Adogwu, wonder why he's not playing Test Match Rugby when you look at that. And inside ball to, to Taolupe Falatao. Ajoma, I thought, in particular on, on Saturday, was was just absolutely outstanding, moving back, of course, to his favourite position at inside centre. He had an absolute stormer. And, and to go around Paolo Adogwu, who we know is, is, I mean, you only have to look at recent fixtures with Bath and, and Wasps. He's no slouch, but he made him, he made him look like one. And he's, I thought I thought Marcus had an absolutely absolutely fantastic game. Him him Ben Spencer I thought controlled the game very well. Will Muir's another guy I'd, I'd want to pick out. I think he carried well. Was was coming off his wing nicely to to carry into traffic as well. But yeah, Max Ma- Ma- Drama was the was was the was the player of the match from a, from a bar point of view for sure. Yeah, he certainly was, Tom, and hopefully going to see many more years in a Bath shirt for him and for Orlando Bailey. It was announced today, Tuesday, Bath took the opportunity to announce their new sponsorship with the Bendak Group. If anyone from Bendak's listening, we'd love to sponsor you guys as well. (laughs) Bath took the opportunity to... um, announced the 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 contract extensions the the senior the first senior contracts for the two outstanding players in the backs of this season Orlando Bailey and Max Ajoma Tom there's been some incredibly wholesome Twitter content photos of both young lads 
when they're even younger in Bath shirts and now to see them progress into the first team fully, fully well-deserved. And yeah, just just a fantastic, fantastic day for the future of the club. It, it, it definitely is. And I think, I think not to want to go back to Nathan Hughes, but when, when his signing was announced, I think you, you're on record as describing it as the, as the worst day of the season. <laughs> is I think after all the after all the photos going round and all the all the love for those guys, quite rightly so, Rory McConaughey tweeting out as well. I think oh, this is this is one of the best days of the season for me for me so far. I'm, I'm for me so far. I'm so I'm so pleased for them. It's such a it's such a good bit bit of business having them join the the senior squad, get proper contracts that they deserve, and extending their stay by at least two seasons, and let's let's hope it's many more than 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 two seasons at. At, at their age and you know obviously they've 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 really taken their opportunities I mean it's been it's been an kind of an unintended consequence really of injuries to guys like Cipriani to Schumann to Max Clark to Cameron Redpath as well these guys have have stepped up they're they're both clearly massively talented as have both been called up by by Eddie Jones for, for England squads in the last in the last 12 months or so and whilst I didn't really have any doubt that they would they would sign on there was kind of a a niggling feeling, I don't know, somewhere in the back of my mind. We've we've said before, G, that when you have seasons like this, it does mean that sometimes you can you can lose players to to other clubs. And I've no doubt that there will have been other other clubs sniffing around and, and trying to tempt those guys away from the club. So yeah, so pleased that they've they've they know where their loyalties lie and um yeah, couldn't couldn't be happy for them really. Mm. Yeah. And it is the best day of the season. It is the best day of the season. And it's been a shocking season. It's been rubbish to follow at times. It's been pretty tough to rewatch and watch games. But if you told me at the start of the season that we'd put a tweet out with a little video of Orlando Bailey tearing it up with the caption long-term 10, I would be pretty happy because that is a position now solved. And that has been a massive, massive issue for Bar for since George Ford left and then prior to George Ford for a long period of time. And that, some way or another, this season has been solved. And it's not been solved in probably the way that we maybe anticipated because of those injuries and, and, and the Cipriani situation, which has just been dreadful, but also fantastic for the club because it's got them to where they needed to be all along. And that was giving this guy game time and then investing in this guy long term. And we don't need another fly half now that's that's a position that we definitely don't need to be looking at investing in a really difficult position to invest in and yeah I thought you know it's fantastic the Adroma news but I think for me the, the 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 way that Orlando's developed this season into in inarguably definitely not a word the 10 for the future for Bath I think has been you know the best thing to happen and yeah I'm just so so happy for them brilliant and you know you, you put him alongside those, those two alongside Cameron Redpath and potentially got a future 10, 12, 13 if they can they can decide who's gonna who's gonna play where in in, in the centre. And you know, I think more generally, and we we've tried to make this point even during the darkest times of, of the season, more generally kind of the, the the green shoots of of the academy that's obviously been put in place over the last few years and has, has started to to come through and obviously Max and Orlando being being two of them, but also kind of recent Academy guys, Arthur Caldwell, Miles Reed, Josh Bayless, Hammer Webb, Tom de Glanville, and Ewan Richards and, and Naomi Merrigan still in the in, in the senior academy. John Stewart, who's a hooker involved with 
with England under twenties in the in the Six Nations at the moment. The the three Archies at, at prop who all look like good prospect George Warboys, Gabe Goss as well. I think the academy and and the the the, the, the senior academy and the, and the young end of the senior squad is you know it's looking looking pretty bright for the future if we can hold on to these guys. I think it's looking as bright as it has done for for as long as I can remember supporting Bath. And you know, big credit's got to go to guys like Mark Lilly for. For, for putting those things in place and, and bringing those those you know bringing these guys on over the, over the last few years because it's been one of the very very few probably the only good news story that that's come organically out of the club this season. Mm. Yeah, agreed. And Tom, I think some people on on Twitter are, are kind of seeing this period now as as the, the sort of start of a lot of contracts news and without wanting to roll this podcast on too far as we did tell each other it was going to be a bite-sized pod I just wonder as we look now into next season in terms from a player point of view if there was two positions let's say you know I think I think Rob Barkley asked us to kind of pick a couple of positions on Twitter that that we would want to strengthen going forward into next season what will be those two positions that you'd like to see but I think Bath actually as Rob Hunt points out have promised two kind of new signings in their supporters in supporters events too. So so where would you like to see the squad strengthened? Well I mean I think Rob Rob Barkley asked, asked for three, which I was I was right I was I was it was it was a bit difficult thinking for a third, but I think for the for the first two, the first one would have to be be prop for me. I mean in no particular order, but I think the the second string props that that we've got need to be need to be strengthened. There's a massive drop off after Will Stewart and, and Ben Urbano as 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 we know. And the other, the other area we've mentioned already is, is second row. We need a, a big gnarly name to come in at second row and to, to, to sort out what's been fairly soft in, in, you know, fairly soft pack at times this, this year. So yeah, it had to be prop in second row for me. And I did notice this, that Eben Etzebeth won't be renewing his, his contract at Toulon. So maybe, maybe he's someone, he's the big name signing that, 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 that is long overdue and that we've, we've all been after at second row. Mm. Gnarly South African second row, please. Certainly would be my answer. Rob Barkley. Tom, we've signed hopefully a gnarly Tongan front forward to replace another injury cover front rower to, to join the ranks this season. Um, Marfu Fia from Ospreys. What do you know? What have you managed to gauge in the couple of hours we had from this being announcing to recording about this young tight end? Not a lot, really. I mean, he's he's played he's played an I think he's got plenty of caps for for Tonga. He was involved in the the, the England Tonga game just gone at, at the back end of, of last year at at Twickenham. So I mean, he's he's clearly clearly experienced. He's 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 played a fair bit for for Tonga. But yeah, these aren't these aren't long term solutions. These are just these are just people to to come and paper over the cracks while we while we while we're obviously struggling with with injury. So yeah, not 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 a huge amount to, to say, but obviously welcome to the club and and <laughs> he's, he's he's available for, for Leicester. So they're not they're not hanging around with 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 getting him getting him stuck in. If 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 our recent short term loan up signings or anything to go by, he could be a storm and you could be eating your words again, G. Well, no, I'll remember that. I'll make up some some lie about you saying it being the worst day of the season, and then um, yeah, I can bury you on the podcast just like you you've buried Martha or our, our new signing. Hopefully, he's not not found the Bath rugby plug yet in his in his short time at the club. Uh, let's move on though to a game in which he may start his papering over of the cracks, and that is of course the 
the home game against Leicester Tigers. Even in a season like this, Tom, one of, if not the biggest game of the season for many Bath fans. But it is top v bottom. Bath, Leicester, clearly Bath bottom. 47 points between the two sides, Tom. Will it be 47 points in total on the pitch on Saturday between the two sides? Or will we get a little bit closer than that? I don't know. I, I I'm feeling strangely a little bit, a little bit more confident about about this game. And I, it's, when when you when you put it in those in such stark terms like that, it's it's. I don't really know where I'm I'm getting that from. And obviously, they were very impressive on Friday night, putting away Northampton Saints. You know, Freddie Burns is even playing playing well and, and fairly regularly in that ten shirt. So something something must be must be going right with with Steve Borthwick and at, at Welford Road. I just think we've. We've obviously been very erratic in our performances over the last few weeks. Saris was very abject. Quinns was great, and then we had a you know a good sixty-five against Wasps. And you know Leicester aren't going to be getting any of their England players back. So Ford, Youngs, Genge, Chesham, probably one or two others that I'm I'm missing as well. Fullback Stewart, and I think Freddie Stewart exactly. Importantly, Freddie Stewart as well. And you know we've we've had a few guys trickling back from injury who have who have who I think have, have given us a boost, and it may be that we get. Big Joe back, and he'll he'll end his water carrying duties, and potentially also Miles Reed, who I think would be would be massively important. So, yeah, the overall trajectory seems to be improvement. I don't think it's. Mm. I just fancy it a little bit. I don't know. I've got just got just got a, got a little bit of a hunch that we we've 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 got an upset in us and 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 round the corner. No. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll put myself out there. If Miles Reed comes back into the starting fifteen, we win. <laughs> Heard it here first. I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Tom, that I didn't think we were too far away from that middle of the pack of the Premiership, but I think we're miles away from the top of the pack. And I think there are two teams that, in my mind, are are far and away the best two in the league this year, and that are Saracens and Leicester. I think we saw what Saracens were able to do against Bath, and I think we might, unfortunately, see a similar thing at the rec on, on Saturday. I think that they do not they do not suit well up against Bath, and I think the, the, the key area that they've improved and, and they look so well coached is at line-out time and at more spent about 30 minutes on this podcast tonight saying how bad we are at line outs and how bad we are in the mall and I just think that was the key ultimately in the game at Welford Road and I think it will be the key again at uh, the rec on Saturday I just can't see us being able to turn that that area around and I think I'm not condoning gambling unless a gambling company wants to um, come on and sponsor us in which case I definitely will but I think if you can get any sort of a price on Julian Montoya to to score at least one try in this game then then I'd certainly have a look at that I can see him just being pivotal he's an absolutely fantastic player and I think he I can see him being on the end of a couple of tries from from the dangerous Tigers rolling mall against you know what is ultimately a really soft pack with with no Charlie Yule's back and, and I don't know what's happening with Spencer so we'd like to see a makeshift second row again Gee, you've heard it first. Miles Reed and Marfu Fia, great new signing from Ospreys, I've, I've heard, will we'll come straight in and, and, and turn it around for us. I'm backing us. I'm backing us. Are you going? I'm not going. No, I can't, can't make it, unfortunately. No, I'm not going either, so that might be a good omen. We've been to a hell of a lot of games this season. We haven't won very many games, so 
yeah if you are going then then have a fantastic day and, and hopefully Tom's confidence will come through but we're, we're still unbeaten at the wreck in the premiership in 2022 aren't we so <laughs> you know come and take that from us Lester if you dare they will <laughs> don't worry about that <laughs> the unbeaten bar yeah <laughs> I love mate, I'm loving I'm loving the optimism um, I'm not quite seeing seeing it myself one one bit of any other business maybe just for me I, I think it was just announced in the last half an hour or so Max Green has gone off to Bristol as reverse roles with with Nathan Hughes as injury cover on a on a short term deal so they've 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 brought him in. I think Andy Euron must be injured. So yeah, wishing him all the best, and hopefully he can get some game time. For we've been calling it for a long time, and and you know it's been so long we've almost stopped calling for it now. Hopefully he can get his, his game time and 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 get some of that that promise back that he showed early on in his career. So that was announced, I think, earlier on in the day, Tom. But I was going to make a comment that why well, I'm going to make the comment that that that's the best bit of loan business between the two clubs by either side this season in my view wow <laughs> come at me come at me on Twitter please do get in touch with us on Twitter about my rubbish Nathan Hughes take and about everything else we've said in the podcast thank you so much for listening as I say if you are going to the rec on Saturday please enjoy it hopefully the boys get a massive result to boost those spirits um, as we try and turn this season around and chase Worcester they're not getting any better so maybe we can get some points and, and, and chase them down not come bottom of the season uh, at the end of the table at the end of the season thank you for listening as I say subscribe I don't know when the next event is Easter's around the corner so an early Easter gift for your friends the podcast <laughs> please share it um, and stick behind the boys through thick and thin <laughs>